Welcome to the Healing of Emotional Wounds podcast series. My name is Alan Mulhern. First, some announcements. Those of you who wish to study this topic in greater detail may refer to my book which underlies this series called Healing Intelligence, The Spirit in Psychotherapy, Working with Darkness and Light. Secondly, when this series of podcasts finishes, another longer series will follow on called The Quest, which studies major visionaries from across the ages, from mystics on the one hand to scientists on the other. In between we study composers, artists, painters, economists, ecologists, political theorists of all descriptions. And there is an increasing focus on the crises of our times, that is of the 20th and 21st centuries, and the great visionaries who have contributed to an understanding of these crises and have offered solutions to them. Today we are going to examine the stages of psychotherapy. Now it's intuitively obvious to both client and therapist that there are stages to psychotherapy. Of course at the beginning the client is usually confused and they should leave somewhat clarified. At the start, they may be wounded. At the end of therapy, they will be at least partially healed. But the stages in between this are often obscure, particularly for the client and sometimes even for therapists. And therefore, what I would like to do today is to outline what these stages consist of, particularly from the point of view of Jungian psychotherapy. Carl Gustav Jung in 1929 outlined four stages of the psychotherapy process. Confession, elucidation, education and transformation. Confession is the very early period when the secrets and the sufferings of the client are expressed. Elucidation is the understanding of this in a wider context, for example an interpersonal context, or the inner context of what this means in terms of the individual psyche, but greater elucidation and examination and exploration of this original confession takes place. Thirdly, education, where the lessons learnt are examined. These first may appear to be in a social and external context, for example, changed interpersonal relationships, a different attitude towards the world. But most importantly, there is a changed attitude and a learning with respect to one's own psyche, how, that, how one's psyche works, the source of one's complexes and anxieties. And finally, transformation, which is the whole point of the exercise, which is a transformation of the personality as a whole, in which a new centre of the personality emerges. Later in his life, Jung formulated this around what he proposed as the individuation process, which is the process by which the personality is transformed and there is greater unity between the conscious and the unconscious. Five stages are often mentioned as key elements of this individuation process. That is the personal unconscious, the persona, the shadow, the animus and anima, and the integration of the self. The personal unconscious, firstly, are those elements of one's inner world which are relatively easy to contact, which constitute one's preoccupations, anxieties and difficulties. 
but they're relatively accessible. This is very akin to the first stage already mentioned of confession. Secondly, the persona as a key element of the psychotherapy. The persona is the mask that one wears. Maybe one can understand it, for example, at work or in social circumstances. People often have a mask, but sometimes this mask can go a lot deeper in terms of how this person even views themselves. And this may be opposed to their more real underlying truer self. And if this is the case, there is an imbalance in the personality, a disharmony. The mask or the persona needs to be brought to the surface. One becomes aware of it, one explores it, and hopefully one alters. Thirdly, the shadow, which became a very important concept of Jung's thought, which is the dark and repressed elements of oneself, which one is ashamed of, or one is guilty about, which one doesn't show to the world, which doesn't form part of one's conscious presentation to the world, and sometimes one is unaware of. So the shadow lies somewhat in the unconscious, sometimes largely in the unconscious, and this again needs to be brought to the surface, examined, explored, and the personality alters in the process of doing this. Fourthly, a somewhat controversial point, the animus and anima. The animus is the supposed unconscious of the woman. Animus means spirit in Latin. And anima is the soul of the man, his female component. So in the woman there is supposedly a masculine component, in the unconscious, and in the man a feminine component. So within psychotherapy there will be an exploration of these contra-gender elements and the purpose being to create a greater wholeness in the individual. Fifthly, the integration of the self. This became Jung's major contribution in which he argued that there was a teleology, a natural purpose in the unconscious, increasingly becoming conscious across the lifetime of many individuals, an expression of this greater self self being written with a capital S, which is different from the self small s, which is to do with self-image. The self is the expression of the, the mother of all archetypes, which is the centre of order and meaning in the psyche. It is that in the psyche which pushes towards growth and greater clarity and greater maturity, and eventually for an integration of the conscious and the unconscious a greater balance and harmony and wholeness in the psyche. So Jung is here giving a vision which is somewhat different from the religions of Western Europe, in which he stresses the natural integrative wholeness of the psyche. Now I would like to go over the four stages that I outline in my book. The stages that I give are similar to the ones already given. They are containment and comprehension, analysis of character, alignment with the deep psyche, integration and emergence of a different centre to the personality. I believe this classification is a simple one, but it gives a good understanding of what happens in the psychotherapy process. It also underlies the book on healing intelligence. I'll outline these now, but before I do, I'd like to say that frequently the activation of healing components and spiritual elements of the therapy may not occur until stage three. However, it is best preceded by a thorough character analysis. Bearing in mind that these stages are not strictly sequential, but are a broad indication 
of the path of an intensive psychotherapy, they are now examined briefly so as to provide a psychotherapeutic context for the emergence of the healing work. Firstly, containment and comprehension. This involves a close attention to the client's symptoms, the presenting symptoms. There develops a positive relationship between therapist and client. We may call the working alliance. The containment of clients by the therapist is a very primary experience by which they feel held, appreciated and understood at an emotional level. It resembles the holding and handling period of early mothering. Clients may also benefit from a process of reflection by the therapist in the following two ways. Firstly, by seeing their problems are understood, and secondly, by feeling their essence or true value is capable of being recognised, valued and reflected back to them. After a limited number of sessions, say two to four, clients should have a fair understanding of their suffering, whence it arose, and some idea of their contribution to this suffering. Secondly, analysis of character. Attempts to comprehend the presenting symptoms in the context of the character of the client is the nature of this stage. We looked at the early history and family dynamics to discover how character has been formed. So this is frequently understood in terms of a evolutionary process and there is often a reductive model that is reducing back to some early infant experiences, childhood experiences, where certainly the traumas or the difficulties or the disturbances to character may lie. It's widely understood that the earlier these disturbances are, the more structural they are, as it were, in the personality, and can lie at the foundation of the building of the psyche, and can have effects right across the lifetime as opposed to later disturbances, which may not have the same impact. The wound may not be as great, because the underlying structure of the psyche is healthier. We begin, therefore, to analyse the client, always understanding that we're looking at the disturbances to character, rather than having a total view of how character is formed. This is because personality and character is partially formed by genetics, there are constitutional features to personality that is unique to an individual. And there is, on the other hand, a great deal of influence that comes from the environment, particularly the family environment. And it is this latter aspect that is generally the focus of psychotherapy, the disturbances in the early family dynamic, as influencing the sufferings that later emerge in the personality. So this stage is often characterised by a reductive analysis in which the behaviour and symptoms of the client are explained in terms of a model of psychological development and early family dynamics, depending on the training of the therapist, of course. It's a point of view in this series that the wider the understanding and the different schools of opinion that the therapist has at his or her disposal, the better it is for the healing outcome, rather than all clients being channeled down the same model of how human development is supposed to take place. In my opinion that doesn't work, that one needs a flexible number of models which one can use. The third stage is the alignment to the deep psyche. And while the first two stages, the containment of comprehension and the analysis of character, 
may provide much understanding of the client's difficulties. However, for those with severe or persisting emotional wounds, more is often required. The deep psyche, the unconscious, links to the emotional foundations of an individual, the archetypal and spiritual functioning, where this touches the numinous, the transcendent, it may be thought of as soul. At these levels, love, sexuality and spirit are all operative. This third stage, unlike previous ones, cannot be learned by normal methods. It requires an art, which is best developed by allowing the energies of the unconscious to emerge and subsequently cooperating with them. The therapist helps the client orientate the ego, the conscious centre of personality, to this deeper psyche, for example through dream work. Young spoke of using also other techniques such as hypnagogic or light trance states to achieve this connection to the deeper psyche. As deeper complexes are brought into consciousness, complexes are these nodes or knots of suffering where the personality is entangled and which can prevent growth taking place. As these are brought into consciousness and modified, the psyche becomes less burdened by them and there is a closer relationship to the unconscious. Healing often begins at this stage three. The fourth stage is the integration and emergence of a different centre to the personality. The descent into the unconscious in stage three can transform the personality to an extent depending not only on how rich has been the experience but also how the deeper material has been integrated. For this to occur, a process of character development must happen, otherwise the process remains ungrounded and any gains will be temporary. Integration and the emergence of a different centre to the personality go hand in hand. The reforming personality may then shift from its original position to a new one, which is some way between the self and the ego. It was Edinger, who was a Jungian therapist and researcher, characterised the psyche as having an ego-self-axis. We can imagine that at the beginning of therapy, the centre of the personality may be placed on this axis near the ego, whereas in the later parts of therapy, the centre shifts towards the self. The self is understood as the inner directing centre within the deep psyche. In summary then, with respect to the above stages, all four are experienced in a complete psychotherapy. The first lays the foundations, establishing the conditions for trust in the working alliance. The second stage of analysis brings knowledge of character, including its emotional and unconscious determinants. This stage can be often forgotten or underestimated by those looking for spiritual transformation, entering into spiritual groups, who dismiss the work of character analysis, the inner work of character transformation. In my experience, this can frequently be a later obstacle when the individuals meet difficulties in their spiritual path or in their life circumstances and simply have not engaged in the character development or 
and look at their own shadow or look at those components of their personality which are going to create difficulties and have underestimated them entirely. And so there can be, as it were, a vacuum at the centre of spiritual growth by which character analysis is neglected. The third stage of alignment to the deep psyche shifts the centre of the personality towards the deeper psyche and the self. And the fourth stage of integration is the creative uniting of the deep psyche and consciousness. This is crucial, enabling the previous stages to be converted to gains. This fourth stage of integration may not appear as spectacular as the third stage, the descent and alignment of the deep psyche, but is equally crucial because no matter what the revelations have been, dramatic though they may be, the process of integration is necessary and is often more lengthy by which these are built in because there is a toing and froing in the psyche, a forward and backward motion as it were, as it advances in the individuation process. So these four stages underlie the process of psychotherapy when viewed in a more complete way, that is in which transformations of character take place. Of course, there are lighter therapies where people need to come along for immediate difficulties in their family lives, for example, and their work, uh, which may not involve all of these stages at all. Therapy has many different uses, but here we're talking about the longer term and the more complete therapy, which is to do with character transformation and growth. Our next podcast will be on the relationship between therapist and client. I hope you can join me then.